Off the ball. He is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no doubt about that. If he does beat Shearer's record, that record may last forever. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Turning our attention to athletics and basically one of the biggest stories in Irish sport over the course of the weekend. It's Rashida Adelecki becoming the first Irish sprinter to win an NCAA title. Uh, Carl, Danny, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, good Ger. How are you? Um, give us a little bit of context for this, will you? Because I think people are kind of trying to grapple with uh, exactly how big an achievement, how fast a time and how globally important this is. Uh, I'd say it's huge on every front you just mentioned. Um, 49.20 is a time that would have placed her second in the last Olympic final. It would have placed her second in the last world final in Oregon. Now, there's a bit of context there in terms of as we look to the future, the level is going up in the women's 400. And I think in the next world final in August and in the next Olympic final next August, it's going to take more than 49.20 to get on a podium. However, there's no denying how huge this is for Irish athletics and even for Irish sport. Um, no Irish sprinter has ever won an NCAA title. You know, traditionally, the best athletes we sent to the US were always middle distance runners. And those are the athletes who kind of succeeded, I suppose, through the 70s, 80s, 90s. We've had nine NCAA champions in the past. Um, all middle distance runners, I think besides one, one hammer thrower. Um, the likes of Eamon Coughlin, Sonia Sullivan have won NCAA titles, but we've never had a sprinter win any medal. We've never had a sprinter go over there and get close. And Rashida has not just gone over there and got close. She's gone over there and conquered the US collegiate scene at 400 metres. It's a time that's number three in the world this year. And when you, you know, 49.20, you're talking she's only currently two or three metres off the best in the world, which is Marilady Paulino, who's winning Diamond Leagues and the circuit. Um, And the number two ranked athlete in the world is Britton Wilson with 49.1 this year. Rashida has just run faster than her. And even if you take indoors, Femke Ball of the Netherlands said a world indoor record of 49.23 I think it was back in February and Rashida has just gone faster than that and so yeah it's very very exciting for Irish athletics and Irish sport and just again to put more context like like all these stories people begin to come to the story and kind of trying to find out exactly what's going on or where it's come from Um, she was she was never a 400 meter runner really at any point in her career up until the last kind of 18 months two years yeah, exactly. And she only actually started joining training with the 400 meter group in Texas last October. So essentially, in her first year or two, her coach there, Edric Floriel, um, got her running 200s. You know, she went over there as a 200 meter specialist. But I think her previous coach, even Dan Kilgallen, would tell you they always kind of knew her future lay in the 400, especially at a college like Texas. You know, they have such a big budget. They have their pick of sprint talent to choose from. And when you're picking from the best of Caribbean and US athletes, there's so many good 100 meter and 200 meter runners. So with an athlete like Rashida, especially with her her height, her stride, they were always going to look to move her towards the 400. And I think many people who followed her career, they saw she was fast, clearly, you know, at 200. She was a European under 20 champion. But I think everyone knew that once she moved to 400, she'd run some astonishing relay splits in 2021. And then, of course, once she moved last year, she finished ninth in the world at the age of 19 in an event she wasn't even training for at the World Championships. And then she finished fifth in the European final, having made some tactical errors as, you know, still a teenager against Europe's best seniors. So I think everyone knew once 
this starts to click and once she fully starts training for the 400, this could be mind-blowing. And to be honest, it is already mind-blowing at the age of 20. You were you were writing, Carl, about um, the fact that you know being a contender at world and Olympic level, as Rashida clearly now is, you're going to have shoe brands knocking on your door, you're going to have offers of six-figure contracts, and the temptation will be there to turn professional in advance of the Olympics. But uh, like, will she, do you reckon... Stay in the in the amateur game because NCAA level is is significant enough, and there are advantages to that as well. Yeah, I think the big advantage in terms of staying where she is is that you know it's something she knows a year out from to, or a year out from the Paris Games, and it wouldn't be a change in her routine. Some athletes do turn professional and then stay base at the college. You know, they might even still attend classes. It's just they can't compete in that NCAA system anymore. So I think perhaps that would be the best option for her. But like I said, you know, there will be there will be a six figure per year contract put on the table. I remember even been at an event back in February indoors in New York and one of the one of the heads of sports marketing for one of the big brands came talking to me about Rashida in terms of what I thought about her and things like that. And they had already sat down with her at that point. But again, I think really the decision will come down to her and perhaps her coach. And a lot of times certain coaches are aligned with certain brands so and certain agents. So a lot can depend on that. Those offers will be being put in front of Rashida this week. She'll be sitting down with agents and trying to decide the next step. And a lot of times if you sign for a certain brand, you get kind of moved towards a certain training group. You know, if it was Adidas, it might be Lance Brownman, who's trains the Olympic champion and Shawnee Miller-Webo. If it was Nike, maybe it would be Bobby Kersey over in the West Coast who trains Sydney McLaughlin, the Veroni, the 400-meter hurdles world record holder. So that can influence a lot which brand you sign for and which agent you sign for might determine which coach you stay with. But I think if you're looking at what Rashida has done over the past two years since joining Idrick Floriel at Texas, I mean, there's no reason for her now to go anywhere else. And I think she is that kind of athlete. She's very sensible. And, she, you know, when we spoke to her back in March about turning pro, I don't think the money is the driving force for her. I think, you know, it's success and medals. And I think she and Idrick would be sensible enough to try and keep things as consistent as possible because we have a very realistic medal contender on our hands next year. So I think she'll do everything she can to kind of keep things going in the direction they are. Uh, um, certainly NFL, uh, uh, college football players can now earn money from endorsements in a way that they weren't allowed to. Does the same, I presume the same rules apply to athletes? They do. And I thought, I actually thought that this was the case for all athletes, but I believe someone pointed out to me yesterday that NIL contracts can't apply to international students. So I think oh. the vast majority of athletes in the NCAA are obviously American. Right. But I think there is an issue there with visas and that their their visas based on an educational visa and perhaps if they're earning money that changes things. So I think that again would push the kind of balance towards Rashida turning pro because you know you, you could be leaving a lot of money behind to stay in the NCAA for another year. Yeah, and like I don't know, we always end up talking about these but particularly a lot of the athletes are and people are really familiar with this but you, you, you're you carded but you earn a certain amount of money from the government but it's it can be breadline level once you take into account travel coaching and all that kind of stuff and obviously she'll be the coaching will be looked after from her, her scholarship but uh, there are no rich athletes who are competing for Ireland on the international stage who aren't global superstars and we don't have any of those at the moment except in this instance now we do yeah, we do. And I think Rashida for the next several years will never, you know, struggle financially in terms of she'll have the top level backing from Sport Ireland. She'll have 
if she decides to come home at any stage, she'll have all the medical resources put in front of her. Um, and if she decides to stay in the US, you know, given what she's achieved, she'll be signed to a multi-year contract by a shoe brand and she she will have all the support she needs. But at the same time, you know, there's so much money flowing through the collegiate programs. You know, her coach is rumored to be on a, a very high six-figure salary for doing what he's doing in Texas. Um, and there's so many resources, you know, it's, it's I think it's worth 70 or $80,000 a year, even just her scholarship for an international student. And there's, there's so much, whether it's, you know, psychological backup, medical backup, whatever she needs, she has on her doorstep at Texas. So I think she will probably look at it and say, a year out from Paris, why would I change anything? The psychological backup that you mentioned there, Cal, clearly is working because Rashida seems to be really mentally very, very strong. Um, you listen to her interviews and even talking about this race, she was saying, uh, you know, the, the rivalry with Britton Wilson, I don't feel anyone is supposed to go in as favourite. There's rankings, but they don't mean anything until you run the race. Like, f- for uh, someone of 20 years of age, she seems very, very mature. She does, and I think, you know, I think anyone who looked at Rashida's progress and her year today would have said, you know, she's going to run low 49 seconds at some stage soon. But I think what was most impressive is that she did it under pressure and she is showing consistently an ability that when I think of Irish athletes, you think of maybe Derville O'Rourke or someone like that, where it's not just the fact that they produce whatever their best was throughout the season. It's that they kind of unlock an extra gear on the biggest stage. And Rashida is doing that. You know, she did it at European under 20 level. She'd be running PBs in the European under 20 finals to win those medals. And now she's doing it at NCAA level. Last year, she did it in Oregon, ran her best race in the world semifinal. And everyone thought she has to be cooked, you know, by August. She's been racing for six months, but she ran her, I think it was her 50th race of the year, that European final, and she ran her 400-meter PB. And now with all the pressure on, and it's not just pressure on Rashida to win the individual title, Texas were relying on her points to rack up a big tally in that 400 meters, and they're on their home turf as well in front of more than probably 10,000 fans, I think, in that stadium on Saturday night. And with everyone the lens on her, she stepped up to another level again. And that is such an impressive quality in an athlete. And as we look towards the future, you know, even if you take this year's World Championships in Budapest and next year's Olympics in Paris, I don't think Rashida, to be honest, would be feeling any more pressure than she felt on Saturday night in front of the the Texas crowd. So I think that's a very good sign that she's able to psychologically not just maintain what she's doing, but actually ascend to a higher level. I know you're making the point about not changing too much in advance of the Olympics in Paris. Would would there be a, a consideration at some point for doing the Diamond League as preparation for that and, and getting that on-track experience against the other contenders for medals? Or is it better to be slightly out of that and just come to the Olympics? I, I guess, you know, how do you plot the course taking into consideration all of the variables? Well, I think it'll all depend if she turns pro or not. If she does turn pro, you know, that'll happen in the next few weeks and we'll we'll have our news on that sure, um, soon, I'm sure. And if that happens, you know, Rashida will be out there on the NC, or on the Diamond League circuit this summer and certainly next summer. You know, the NCAA is a great racing system. It's a great proving ground to prepare you for competing at the world and Olympic level. You know, the standard is probably only a few percent different um the only real difference is almost the depth because these are ready-made champions that come out of the ncaa typically they're ready-made medalists if you conquer the ncaa in a sprint event so i think if she does turn pro the build-up to the paris olympics will feature a lot of diamond leagues you know i I can't see her returning to an irish base she'll 
I, I would expect perhaps she'll stay with Edric regardless, even if she does turn pro and remain training in Texas for the next year. And then I think her racing opportunities will start opening up to the Diamond Leagues, you know, because there's there's things like appearance fees, there's good prize money. But also I think perhaps more importantly than that, it's a chance to to race the athletes she's going to be racing, you know, to, to reach an Olympic final next year. The likes of Sean Miller Weebo, the likes of Sydney McLaughlin. Yeah. It might only be a handful of races, but I think we can expect to see her out there on the circuit. Um, and can, can if you do, not this summer, then certainly next summer. Can you do both? Could she stay amateur and then still appear in Diamond League but not take the prize money? Is that possible? Is there is there a, a I think yeah, you can't you can actually do that, I think, but I think very few do because just because the NCAA system um kind of requires you to race so much. Like I said, fifty races last year, Rashida ran between the kind of summer, I suppose, championship races and the NCAA races throughout this early spring and spring and early summer. So I think just because of that, I think the energy wise and preparation wise, it wouldn't make much sense to get out there in a okay. the circuit if she does continue racing in the NCAA. She seems uh, ready-made to take advice as well, Cal, because but I'm just judging that based off her improvements and, and the times and, and breaking the record constantly. Uh, the Michael Johnson tweet from, from a number of months back where he said, look out when she learns to use those arms. She's carrying them instead of, of using them to drive the legs. The difference is significant over 400, helps increase speed and reduce fatigue. I mean, you'd, you'd imagine she's, she's taken some of that advice on board because she has improved so much. Absolutely. you know she And I think Rashida, you know... <laughs> It's such an unfair thing to compare anyone to Usain Bolt, but when I think of Rashida, you know, in terms of we used to be commentating on her races back when she was 14 years old, you know, running for Tala, running for Terenure in the school's championships, and you could see then she was taller than all her competitors, and she was it was kind of like Bambi on ice when she'd be coming out of the blocks. Her her technique would be all over the place, and it kind of did remind me of Usain Bolt when you see the footage of him when he was 15, still beating his competitors who were far more kind of mechanically sound at that point. But you could see the engine was there and the talent was there. And that once someone kind of cleaned up her technique and got her running kind of closer towards the the best technical model of sprinting, she was going to absolutely take off into the stratosphere. And that's what she's done. And I think there's huge credit while, you know, Edric Floriel will be getting so much deserved credit for the work he's done over the last two years at Texas for the previous couple of years before that, Dan Kilgallen at Tala, who is one of, if not the best, Irish athletics coaches and does it all in an amateur capacity. He took over Rashida's career. And you could very easily grab the low-hanging fruit with an athlete like that. You could say, right, I want her to win a world junior medal. I want her to, you know, smash the Irish records at the age of 17. And he knew from talking to Rashida and her mother that she was going to go towards the NCAA system down the line. And instead of kind of taking that short-term view, he got her in the gym, you know, Claire Brady at the Sport Ireland Institute. And he his focus for those couple of years was on cleaning up her technique so that when she ascended to the kind of heavier, higher level of training that's required to be a world-class sprinter, she wouldn't break down. And I think so much of what we're seeing now in Rashida comes back to those couple of years of kind of foundational work that Daniel did on her technique and her strength to prepare her to kind of survive and thrive in the NCAA. Um, is there room for more Irish sprinters now to consider going to America? Because there was a period of time where people were thinking that actually the best thing to do is to stay in Ireland. We've got a lot of supports here, but that actually maybe this is going to make some people consider about going back to the States and taking advantage of that system as well. Yeah, I think Irish athletics has completely changed, you know, in the last 10, 15 years. You know, the effect of immigration and the kind of different genetic pool we have to choose from now in athletics has also kind of boosted that spread of abilities. It's not just 
middle distance runners that Ireland is producing. We do have some field eventers, you know, we nearly had a world junior medalist last year in Risa Mola, and obviously Rashida and there's many others like her coming up through that system in the school system and they're very talented sprinters that Ireland is now producing. So yeah, I think the doors are starting to open. I think traditionally though, the NCAA, you know, those US colleges, given they had the best of Caribbean and US talent to choose from, they didn't really need European sprinters, so they didn't really recruit European sprinters all that much. Rashida's talent level was just off the charts as a teenager, so they obviously were all going after her. But I think what we will see more of now is that, you know, more Irish sprinters, and there are a few others that kind of, I suppose, lesser accomplished colleges around the US. And I think we will see more of that in the years ahead, where it's, it's not just our middle and long distance talent that goes to the US. I know we can sometimes get carried away with our young athletes, Gal, in this country, but uh, you mentioned Dervla Rourke. She was on the show recently and, and she said that she believes she's going to be one of Ireland's greatest ever sports people, Rashid Adelecki. Like, would you go along with that? I think so, but I, I do also, I think when you're, you know, when you're tweeting about Rashida and stuff, you can see there's always a huge reaction and there's always an incredible amount of support comes in. But I just always get a bit hesitant when you see some of the very confident predictions that float around um, just because you know that so much can go wrong between the ages of like 20 and 23 for any athlete and between any age really like you know I think Seb Cole said every great athlete is only a hamstring tear away from oblivion and that is the case with someone like Rashida you know it's all perfect now but there'll be a time where she gets injured maybe she gets sick maybe she gets off form or anything in her personal life there's so many things that can go wrong in the development of an athlete but I will say this she is the best place, you know, an Irish athlete has probably ever been at the age of 20. And I think when I look towards the Paris Olympics, you know, there are some people who are kind of almost hanging the medal around her neck right now. But Rashida is currently where she needs to be. She's running low 49 seconds. She's up there with the best in the world right now. But I look towards the women's 400 meters um, down the line at the Paris Olympics and you will have Shawnee Miller-Weebo, who's coming back from maternity leave, she's a 48.3 athlete, two-time Olympic champion. You Sydney McLaughlin, who's eyeing up a double, she's run under 48 seconds in a relay, and she's supposedly training to try and break the 400-meter world record. She will also, if she opts for the 400 meters, be running in the low to mid 48 seconds next year. You have Paulino, the world leader, who's already running 48.9. She'll probably be dropping down through the 48s. And then you have the 2019 world champion, Salva Aid Nasser, who was banned for anti-doping whereabouts violations and she's just about returning. She's already gone under 50 seconds and I expect to her probably be back down under 49 seconds. So if you're talking Paris Olympics, I think it's going to take under 49, probably in the low to mid 48 seconds kind of time to win an Olympic medal, which is a huge ask. But again, Rashida has got to 49.20 um, at the age of 20. So as long as she stays healthy, stays doing what she's doing, there's no reason she won't be going right down into those 48 seconds next year and up there with the very, very best in the world. Budapest is August this year. That's the World Athletic Championships. Um, oh, is there? A, a, do we know an obvious pathway between now and then? How many, how many times we'll see her in the meantime? I would expect she'll probably take a week off now and go on a holiday maybe or just chill out over in Texas. Um, but I think part of competing for Ireland is you, you're expected to run at the national championships, which are at the end of July. So she will probably stay in Texas for the majority of summer under the watchful eye of Edric. Um, and then she has said she intends at the moment anyway to compete at the European Under-23 Championships, which are the middle of July in, I think, Estonia. I'm still sceptical if they're looking towards winning the world medal, whether she will show up there um, and whether it would make sense for her to kind of fly transatlantic 
um, to compete there and maybe that just after kind of what the NCAA season she's had, maybe a slow build up towards Budapest and just getting some freshness back in her legs might be the best option. But I think, yeah, the next time we might see her compete, probably if she does go for those European under-23s, I think they're in the middle of July and then national championships are at the end of July. But I think that the place will certainly be seen. Rashida, assuming she stays healthy for the next two months, will be at those world championships, which I think kick off on the 18th or 19th of August. All right, Carl, we'll leave it there. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.